Well, hello and welcome to The Bright Side here on News Radio 93.1 and also 5.40 a.m. Uh, this is a show about helping you help others, as you heard. And uh, Pop, how are you? I'm doing great. It's Halloween. Hol- Ooh. Yeah. As I was in my laboratory. <laughs> monster That's mash. good. Oh, the uh, monster mash. Yeah, you know, I didn't think you were old enough to remember the monster Yeah, they, it gets played a lot uh, at Hall- on Halloween uh, in, my, in the office. Not, we don't play Halloween music in the, in the actual clinic, but in the back office. Uh, that's a, I, it wasn't until last year I realized how much he talks about his laboratory in that song. He, every verse, he's just re- he just wants to underline again. He's like, but again, I was in my laboratory. <laughs> now, I, I, I got a question for you. Do you do the people like your technicians and surgery assistants and all that kind of stuff? Do they actually know how to do the mashed potatoes, the uh, dance? No, I, and I don't either. Oh man, I got to teach you something. Oh, you know what? I the only reason I know what that dance is is because uh, do you love me? I can mash <laughs> yeah. potatoes. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's right. Uh, I never picked and up. You know on, all the oldies. Yeah, I never picked up on that. That was a dance that he was naming. I just uh, I just accepted that he was talking about mashed potatoes. <laughs> and that, that, they had good names back then. <laughs> the jitterbug. The jitterbug. Yeah. That's right. And the twist, uh, but people know the twist. Yeah, yeah. Chubby Checker really cemented his legacy. He with did. That. He yeah. did. Um, so tonight's episode is not Halloween based. You're welcome, everyone. Uh, <laughs> since you've dealt with a month of of pumpkins and ghouls, uh, we thought on Halloween should we talk about Halloween? No, only for the first segment. So that's what we're going to do. The rest of the show is about uh, something that kind of it fits with Halloween. It's the idea of unity. And division. And division. That's right. Because uh, uh, I personally think that there's more that unites us than divides us. Agree or disagree? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think there is, but it's starting to fade. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It might be, it might be at the 50-50 point that's, now. It could be. 50% it's going the other direction. It is It is polarizing. And Halloween, it's one of those kind of polarizing things, you know? It's, oh, uh, my goodness. If, now, you're, if you're a pastor, yeah, I remember. hugely divisive. You had to walk that line every year because I'd be like, I'd be like, I just want to dress like Mario, and, you, and you'd be like, ah, just okay. yeah, okay, don't, don't talk a lot about it though. And Christians, uh, you know, hand out tracks, you know, here's, uh, you know, here's, yeah. here's, here's a candy bar and a four spirits of love. Which, are, yeah, those, and those tracks were always <laughs> way more frightening than any lawn ornaments. No, like, oh, oh there'd be people in flames. Yeah. Like, holy cow, what are you doing? Be like Johnny played video. Games his whole life. Now look at him, and he's like, Ay! and you're like, ah. Oh. It was, uh, yeah, it was because you did. You had the two. There were the two polar opposites. Uh, like nowadays, we have right wing and left wing. Yeah. Um, but but back then, it was people that took Halloween way too seriously on the pro side right. and way too seriously on the against side. Exactly. Both scary in their own way. Oh, I know. Yeah. I it know. was uh, there. There was always. Uh, I remember there was one house in our neighborhood that the guy went really over the top with his decorations to the point that it was just terrifying. Oh uh, and uh, it was just, uh, we were, it'd be the like big flames coming out and stuff. And he'd be like, oh, chasing people with fake chainsaws. And we're like, well, we're six. Uh, you know, they never had that. When I, when I was growing up in my small hometown, you know, people would dress up like farmers or soldiers or, you know, and, and just go around and get the candy and all that kind of stuff. So it wasn't as scary except for this one Halloween where – Somebody saw a monster suit somewhere, and uh, and we didn't have monsters back then, or or uh, um, d- <laughs> we dwell didn't on have them. Monsters. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that wasn't a big thing. The first scary movie, the first monster movie I ever saw, was called The Mole People. Oh yeah, you <laughs> and, told me about yeah, that. Yeah. And, and and they'd come out of the ground and grab you and drag you into the ground. <laughs> that is scary. And it was so, but it was so corny that. 
you know, there you could see the zipper in the back of their costume, you know, and I was still scared. <laughs> was was that the movie that you were watching, and then somebody uh, rang your doorbell and then scared you? On yes, the- I was just yeah. about to say that. I was home alone on Halloween, passing out candy. I'm not sure where my my parents were, and, <laughs> and so I just that came to the scariest part of the movie. Somebody knocked on the door, so I picked up the bull and I went to the door, and there was nobody there. And then all of a sudden, they jumped out from the side with. <laughs> This monster costume on and went, ah! And I ran in, I literally ran in place, shouting and yelling. There is no worse feeling than when you have so much adrenaline going that you can hear yourself <laughs> yes, shouting exactly. and it sounds like somebody else. And you can't stop. Yeah, that, that happened to me. I one time in college thought it'd be a good idea to bike to Walmart, uh, and this was in the middle of nowhere, Indiana. It was Taylor University. Was was oh, yeah. the nearest city was Gas City, eight <laughs> miles away, uh, and it was not. It was hardly. It'd be a stretch to call it Gas City. It might have been at some point, but uh, it's it's Boone days were over. So I I was like, you know, I could probably ride a bike there, and uh, and I went down, went, went to one of the shared bikes on the college, and it had a flat tire, and I was like, ah, it's but it's eight miles. I can probably do that. And <laughs> about four miles in, it's like. 20 degrees out. I'm sweating like crazy. I'm trying to figure out, should I take my coat off? Well, I had wandered into the highway more and this car, I I went from just totally lost in thought to this car to, I saw my shadow cast in sharp relief in front of me from very bright headlights and a horn honking and and, and wheels screeching. And it came all the way, it came to a full stop, an inch from my back tire. And I still, I can still hear it in my, in my head with my voice going, And then and after they stopped, they opened the door because they were more worried about me than than mad. And I still had so much adrenaline going and thinking, are you okay? And I go, ah, ah. And I could not. And they and they felt bad for me and they put my oh. bike in the back of their car and drove me back home. Oh, yeah. that's it nice. was really it was oh. now that's Indiana. Indiana, folks. man. That's, that's Hoosiers, that's, buddy. That's God's country right there. They really were. Because I feel like if that happened here, someone would be like, you idiot. I'll run you over on purpose next time. And then I'll shoot you. <laughs> yeah. It really was. So you you had to walk this line. Uh, you know, you you've always been a uniter. You know, so you yeah. had to unite very disparate camps, even within the church, uh, of people that looked at Halloween way too seriously as celebrating Satan, which most five year olds aren't doing. <laughs> no. That's not their intent. It's more about the candy. I feel like usually. Exactly. I, I, exactly. I'm somewhat of a child psychologist, <laughs> and they're more interested in candy than the Dark Lord. Uh, well, well, you know, one of the things that that I've learned as I go along is that when people feel like they've got God on their side, yeah. you know, they get, they're vicious. Yeah. They're, it's, it's like, and so you mean to tell me you would send your children out on, on the unhallowed Satan, satanic, you know, holiday. And I'm thinking, Man, I'm I'm going to dress them up as you know in a business suit so they yeah. can get some candy. By the you know? way, that one was not chosen out of the air. That is accurate. We didn't have a Halloween costume, we didn't have costume. and so they're like, wear a suit. And I and I had to get this is a true story. I had to go from door to door with loose pennies in my pockets, and I would jingle it and be like, Ah, Mister Business. <laughs> and I got so much candy though because people were like, This poor guy. I know <laughs> the person behind. Me we had this whole LED lit costume and everything, and I was just like, I have a business. Yeah, suit we on. were really bad at Halloween. It really, it really, really was. But that was, uh, I think, that was Barry Goldwater who had that quote about uh, you cannot reason with these people who believe that God 
uh, believes the same things they do. And yeah. it happens to correlate really well because once you have God on your side, it's not an, it's not a discussion anymore. Yeah. Uh, it, to give, to give any ground is disloyalty to God, which exactly. is, you know, everyone, no one wants to do that. Yeah. You know? So it, it drives people into very uh, difficult and sometimes untenable positions. Well, and, and it's, all of us want to do what God wants us to do. Uh, but all of us who have some maturity and some understanding of, uh, scripture have to do it with humility. I think this is what God wants, mm-hmm. you know, um, but I, I realize that I'm human and I could mishear this, And but I'm doing the best I can and I'll always follow him the best I can. But there are people who say, no, I heard from God and, and mm-hmm. I'm certain and you're wrong and this is what he told me. And, and you know, while I, while I respect their right to be that certain, um, um, I look at many of the biblical figures, the great heroes in the Bible, and faith didn't mean certainty. Hmm. Faith meant that you followed God as much as you knew Hmm. and hoping that he would intercede for you and depending on him, not depending on your own understanding. So um, so anyhow, it's when we get, when we come to these um, tensions of division where, um, where people are just trying to uh, enjoy their life and and uh, um, and do what's you know culturally um, unspiritual, but it's not bad. Uh-huh. Um, then we just all, we need to let it go. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think that makes sense. I mean, it, I believe it was uh, Elsa from the movie Frozen who yes. uh, once said, "Let it go." Uh, <laughs> she did. And, uh, she you know, sang it. And to, uh, she did. She did. This let the storm rage on. <laughs> that's in the, that's actually in the correct key. I know because I've listened to that song uh, four times just today. Actually, that's true. Lena really likes that song. Lena was Elsa. Yes, today. she was. Uh, she was. She was a beautiful Elsa. And tonight's uh, show is dedicated to all the Elsas and all the trick or treaters out there. We're going to come back in a minute and talk about unity versus division and why unity is probably better. Welcome back to The Bright Side on this uh, spooktacular (laughs) episode. (laughs) Uh, Those of you uh, listening uh, with a bowl of candy in your lap waiting for the next trick-or-treaters, tonight we are talking about uh, unity versus division. So uh, I'm Joel Hunter, and I'm here with my dad, Joel Hunter. Uh, and, uh, I, I was like, where can we find an expert on unity? And then I looked over and was like, right here, (laughs) my dad. Uh, so the, uh. How do you think we got here? I mean, because I think if you were to ask pretty much anyone who's been conscious for the last, you know, three to five to 10 years, they yeah. would say we're, we're heading more towards division, more polarization. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think caused well, that? Well, I, I, I don't know all of the ins and outs. Um, I, I, I was telling you that last night I went to um, a interfaith service at a Jewish synagogue <clears throat> commemorating the lives that were lost in, in the massacre at Pittsburgh. Uh, and I was talking to the head of the uh, the Holocaust um, Center in uh, Orlando, and she said something that was was shocking to me. She said, "You know, um, we Jews always have uh, talked about how we can never forget what happened at the Holocaust uh, because it was the um, it was the um, personification." of bigotry and uh, demeaning your fellow human being and and thinking of them as animals and so on and so forth. And I always used to get <clears throat> the question, 
is this relevant for today, though? And she said, I never get that question anymore huh? because wow. the bigotry has, has, has reached a cultural point uh, and the division where people understand this is relevant. That yeah. memory is relevant. Yeah. And so I, I, to answer your question, I, like anything, we have, we've, we've come to a point of um, um, our division incrementally. But it has certainly been speeded up by the, uh, number one, the, the mass communications now all of us have at our, at our fingertips in which there are mo- the most alarming uh, and frightening, fr- frankly, uh, headlines um, that make us withdraw into our own affinity groups. Yeah. And, and so we just tend to watch things that uh, confirm our own bias um, and make us afraid of everybody not like us. Yeah, because I mean, tribalism is a is a human instinct. It's one of the things that, that unites us. We all we all have that. Um, and if you watch uh, one of many disturbing documentaries on chimpanzees, you can see that. I mean, that's uh, that whole we share ninety eight percent of the DNA. That part's shared. Uh, I mean, there, there's a there's a tribalism of this is my group, your group's on the other side, and and you've I I wonder how much of it is you know you could you, you couldn't be a tribe. Uh, with people that you weren't talking to and didn't see, uh, you had to be a tribe with people that were around you. you mm-hmm. They were they were the people that were in your school or your bowling league or at work. Or uh, and now you really can effectively avoid most face to face relationships, yeah. or and or at least you can foster ones over the internet at, at a cost to the ones that you would have in person. And so it lets you get into a group of hundreds, thousands of people who who yeah. think very very similar to you, and it really. It, it insulates you from hearing from other people that you might respect and, and might change your views on things. Well, and that's, that's a really good point because, again, just from the historical perspective, um, <clears throat> many of us grew up in small towns um, and only um, more in the past few decades, everybody has kind of gravitated toward the city. But, but the character of this country um, a, a century ago was that we came in small. Uh, we we lived in small towns or small rural uh, villages, uh, and so everybody knew each other. Hmm. And and there was always the cantankerous and the you know the you know curmudgeonly old guy that grouched at everybody and said get off my lawn and all that kind of stuff. Everybody knew who he was, but but we were kind of proud of our communities and 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 the the whole. Um, mood was live and let live, mm-hmm. you know, because because everybody's a little different and so on and so forth. But with what you've just described, it's part of the cosmopolitan <clears throat> development um, in that we feel like we're more accepting, mm-hmm. but we're really more judgmental because mm-hmm. because now, uh, as 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 we said before, we don't have to be with people necessarily that we don't like, mm-hmm. um, um, at least in our social time. Now, sometimes at work, yeah, you do, you've got to figure it out, uh, or at school, you've got to figure it out. But more and more in our free time, um, we can be around people who agree with us, who like us. And what that does is it stunts your maturity mm. because you only mature if you have to grow from something that makes you uncomfortable. Mm. You only learn from people who don't think what you think. Yeah. And so it really stunts us. Yeah. And that <clears throat> that whole uh that whole move from small towns and you know uh rural and then kind of 
there's no whatever would com- combine the words rural and suburban, you know, mm-hmm. into suburban and more urban. Um, it it has it has brought people closer together, uh, but because of the rise in technology, at the same time, people really can be farther apart. You know, yeah. there's uh, there there are people that uh, I I know that even when I was a kid, uh, I would I'd be playing out with people, the kids on the on the block, and uh, and and there were. Their parents were from a lot of different, you know, uh, political affiliations and religious affiliations. It wasn't like there was just one political sign the whole right. way down at election right. time. Right. But you were around those people all the time. You yeah. know, it was, uh, it was, uh, it's. I think it's this big move to the city, explaining a lot of the darker episodes later on in Beverly Hillbillies. Uh, <laughs> they they lost <laughs> lost right. that innocence. I know, man. They, went, they were such nice people. They chased their dream with money and then look where they ended up. <laughs> around the cement pond. Around the cement <laughs> pond. That's right. So, do you think uh that social media um is there is there a way to salvage what people do with social media? So, speaking specifically about Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, the the places where people spend so much of their time. I mean, it's yeah. a lot of the reason people yeah. are so attached to their phones. It's a lot more social media than email for most people. Do you think there's a way to salvage that? Or do you think it's something that people just person by person have to just have almost divorce themselves from a lot of that stuff or, or limit their time on that? Or what would you say? I do think you have to limit your time because you can... Um, Part of what you were uh, talking about at the at the break, Joel, was that um, relationships and trust are built face to face. There's there's a physiology there's a physiology uh, in relationship um, because we're physical beings, and 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 so even if you have a relationship online, that's 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 only a, an emotional or a social relationship. Um, but real trust comes from hanging out with people, you know, over a period of time. So, the the in answer to your question, I think that um, there is there are things online that you can do to make you you more understanding. I, for example, I, I read at least a half a dozen newspapers every day, uh, and I make sure that I not only read um, the Washington Post, but I read. Um, Fox News, and I read Huffington Post, um, both on the opposite ends of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. But I want to I understand how those folks are thinking. Um, and I read, um, um, you know, everybody along the spectrum, and I intentionally read people who disagree mm-hmm. um, because I need to understand where they're coming from. Um, so that minimizes the division, uh, but you don't... Um, you don't ever conquer your bigotry until you get in a relationship with somebody who you have been told is the enemy and you figure out they're not. As somebody who's been around for uh, a couple of decades and watched and watched some of the, you know, the big social upheaval, political upheaval, um, you know, you kind of see this, these pendulum swings of history back and mm-hmm. forth between. Do you feel like we're, we're in one of those swings that people will start to long for face-to-face I, relationships again? And, I do. And, I do. I, because we're built for relationships. Um, and it's terribly lonely. And, and the more people that isolate themselves and, and get to the place where they realize Man, my life, my life is just not all that meaningful. Um, um, then I think they're going to long for meaningful relationships. Part of the problem is we are such an affluent society that we literally don't need each other financially. Hmm. When I was growing up, 
families literally needed each other in order to survive um, because that was the that was the workforce. Um, uh, but now um, we've got enough money. Most families have enough money that they don't need each other financially. So a, a you know a con- conflict or a conflict habituated relationship can just break up a relationship and they can go their ways and they can still survive. Yeah, it's uh, you know what's interesting is is it feels like there was this rise in technology, uh, you know, kind of. Well, I mean, you can go back to the Industrial Revolution on, and then, uh, and and it didn't seem like it was really divisive and dividing people more, all including all the way up when televisions became, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in every home because people still gathered around and there was still yep. Walter Cronkite. There was still an hour of news, and it was going to be stuff that was actually, you know, weighty and and uh, and and unbiased uh, by whatever standard they they had. Uh, and then the te- technology went one step further yep. uh, to where everybody had that personalized for them, and and that let people do that stuff on their own, and let people customize that stuff to their you know their specific uh, things that they agree with, you know. And so it's uh, it's interesting. What a, part of what I want to talk about when we come back because we have to go to a break uh, is you know is it is it that the uh, island that you put yourself on draws for you what it is that you believe. Uh, and so you, you, you're, you're a product of, of what you're surrounding yourself with, or is it the people, they just naturally have these inclinations one way or the other, and that's how they search out their, their tribe. So when we come back, we'll know the answer. Good question. (laughs) Welcome back to the bright side. This is a show that's about, uh, helping people got to help somebody. That's right. Uh, this show today specifically is just about the idea of unity versus division uh, because uh, you don't have to look too far into Facebook uh, or the news or outside your window uh, to see that, that things are a little bit polarized. Uh, there's a, there's a, uh, there is uh, opportunity for people in our division, and so that stuff gets kind of stoked. Those fires get stoked, uh, and Facebook makes it uh, easier, not just Facebook, but every social media, anywhere where you can curate your online personality and online friends, you have the ability to insulate and isolate yourself uh, with with like-minded folks for good or bad. And if you're gonna, and if you're going to help people, you've got to see them as folks who are worthy of help. I mean, not worthy in that they earned your help, but worthy in that um, they are people made in the image of God, and so therefore um, you have a. Um, a charitable attitude toward them or a, a, a beneficial attitude toward them uh, rather than one of suspicion and uh, degradation. So the, the suspicion and degradation that comes from this, the tribalism of I listen and get my opinions about and get my news from all people that think the same things I think uh, because they happen to be the ones who are correct and why would I listen to incorrect stuff? Um, do you feel like the kind of the question I was asking you before the break, do you feel like that's more nature? People are kind of born with a certain, you know, bent in one direction. And so they just gravitate towards that stuff. Or do you feel like it's more nurture? It's a product of the availability to do that. It just kind of feeds off itself. Well, I do think that there's, there's a, a bit of primal protection here <clears throat> where if somebody's different, you've got to decide if they're against you, if you, uh, if you fight or fight, or flee, mm-hmm. um, and um, or you adapt, um, and so yeah. There's a if somebody says something offends you or 
that is very different than you are and you start to see them as an opponent, then you've got a decision to make, and that is whether or not you're going to somehow um, maintain a relationship with them or you're going to try to destroy them or just get away from them. Yeah. I um, just, I lay down and play dead. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. I've won many an argument that way. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a, that's a survival tactic. Um, but the, but, but the other point of this is that when we, um, when we're around people who are different than we are and think differently and they have different cultural norms and different backgrounds and different understandings and different perspectives, um, if we can see them as a way to um, grow, as a way to understand more, then those become a strength and not a weakness. There's part of us, Joel, that are built to um, want to agree with Mm. people who have a different opinion. Uh, and so it's not just, do you agree with me? It's if I listen to you long enough, I'll want to agree with you. I'll want to understand you. Um, and and therefore, part of me, at least, will understand you and feel closer to you. I think that's part of our nature also. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and, and part of what makes us humans, I mean, what part of what, you know, put sapiens uh, after after the, you know, homo sapiens, instead of just being Habilis or erectus, it's 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 this idea of of communication, shared knowledge, building on knowledge over generations because you're not losing knowledge each time and words can, you know, inform and let you think more abstract thoughts and that let us work together better. Um, and then it's almost like it got built up to a certain point where we're like, now we can communicate really well. Uh, let's cut off the ability to to learn from people that d- don't think the same sure. way as us. Um one of the things that I feel like would be helpful to point out uh, and and get your thoughts on is the idea of very, very, very different opinions on very important issues. That's not new. I mean, that's that's something that's been around. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even if you just go back, even if you just stay within America, you can go back to before we had the name the United States of America. You can go back to you know continental congresses and. Uh, and and even people that were first, you know, the meeting, sons of liberty and all that, you know, when the idea was uh, these are still rebels, they even had different ideas about what what it meant to be a rebel, and they had different ideas on how to form the government, and they, had, and they were real. I mean, shooting each other mad oh, sometimes. Hamilton and Burr. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, dueling. The the difference was that they were as vehemently um, opposed to each other, and yeah, sometimes it led to violence. Uh, but I don't think back then you doubted the honor of the other person or you doubted at least they had um, um, somehow the right to be a worthy opponent. Hmm. Uh, I think the difference is these days um, that we doubt people's integrity. We demean them in our minds. We think they're somehow less. I, I, I don't think... Uh, Alexander Hamilton ever thought Aaron Burr was an idiot mm-hmm. or, un- or or unintelligent. Yeah, we tend to think other people are idiots, um, and and they just don't um, they don't measure up to the full human standard. And when we do that, I was just thinking of you know both of us have read these uh, twelve lessons for life. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan J- P- Jordan Jordan Peterson. <laughs> P- Peterson, Jordan <laughs> Peterson, yeah, Jordan Peterson, uh, and he talked in that in that book about our, our primal instinct um, to 
literally tear somebody who is weaker than we are. Remember that the Jane Goodall was it Jane Goodall that was mm-hmm. was observing the chimpanzees. Yeah, and for years she didn't want to admit to herself how brutal they could be within their own tribe, mm-hmm. uh, and how they could literally tear each other apart and eat each other's flesh mm-hmm. uh, because that was part of the primal instinct. And so we still have that primal instinct. The difference is we can decide to be beyond that, to be above that, to be better than that. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what our decision to go toward unity or at least understanding and peaceful coexistence can take us. And that's what we have to do these days. Yeah. Um, There's that glass menagerie quote that mastication, that's what separates us from the animals. Uh, And I... uh, I, I think it was t- probably tongue in cheek even then, but it's it's uh, it's so much more than that. The the level of of discourse that makes us humans, uh, it it makes a lot of sense of all of the history that we have, where honor and chivalry and a certain code of ethics and an etiquette uh, that people. They could disagree with each other, but nobody would disagree with the central part of yeah. this. This is your—I mean, the, the worst thing you could say to someone is you have no honor. Yeah. Um, but yeah. even then, a duel was uh, someone where you're you're face to face with someone with a sword or a gun. Um, there is a there's an eye to eye nature to that. That's right. That that keep that you're you're humans. This this is there's a weightiness to that. Yeah. That's so different than firing off whatever your missive is from your keyboard uh, into a forum. You know, there's a remember the human uh, campaign of there's somebody who's reading what you're saying, uh, and luckily I don't think it hits people the same way to read stuff as as when it gets said face to face. But that's a that's a sword that cuts both ways. Yeah. You know, um, you can you can say stuff that's much much worse. Uh, and you can uh, absorb stuff, uh, you know, much easier. You can you can fend off criticism a lot easier because there's not a central core. You know, we are the same group of people. Right. Where, you know, we just we think differently from each other, and, and it cuts you off from a from a lot of a lot of knowledge. You know, you're in trouble when one of the markers of being way down the road on being divided is when the other person literally can't do the right thing hmm. in your mind. Let me let me just bring up this most this recent example, uh, and it'll it'll stand uh, the rerun of the podcast. Um, but um, with pre- with President Trump going to visit um, Pittsburgh in the wake of this of these Jewish kill- killings, um, and and there are he can't win in that situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he doesn't go, it's like he has he has no. Um, feeling toward the Jewish people, he's a bigot. Even there are members of Jewish uh, of his family that are Jewish. If he does go, then he is um, trying to make it all about himself yeah. and so on and so forth. Yeah, protested. And, yeah. and 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 you know, President Trump's not my favorite person, but you've got to be able to see when somebody's trying to do the right thing. You know, mm-hmm. trying to do good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if if you come to a place in your in your brain where there's a certain political figure or a certain group of people who literally can't do the right thing, then you're the problem. Uh, John Gottman uh, was this, uh, is this, uh, this PhD uh, who, who categorized, systematized uh, traits in marriages uh, and then scientifically was able to decide with a ton of, uh, of uh, reproducibility, the percentage chances of these couples going towards divorce or going towards reconciliation Mm -hmm. Um, the number one 
most damaging early sign was when you held your partner in disdain. Disdain mm. was more damaging than anger or anything like that. Mm. But but uh, it was nearly 100% of people, I might be m- missing that by a percentage or two, but it was an incredibly high percentage of people that, that got to divorce. Uh, it was going to be divorced, whether it was a month from now or 10 years from now, they were going to divorce uh, when you got to negative sentiment override, which is wow. no matter what thing that person did, you would filter it in a negative way. If they emptied the dishwasher, it's why are they doing this? What are they going to ask of that's me next it. time? Yep. Um, and so uh, that's, uh, that's, that's why uh, he's, he's a real smart feller. Uh, yeah. Now, when we come back from break, we've uh, got a little bit more to talk about with uh, what unites us and what divides us. Welcome back to The Bright Side. I'm Joel Hunter, and I'm here with my father, Joel Hunter. Tonight, we are talking about uh, what unites us and what divides us. Uh, in homage to that, we thought for this last segment, we would just do a, a hostile panel panel format where uh, you have like MSNBC or Fox News, uh, where we're just going to shout over each other the whole time <laughs> and walk away having learned nothing, but be much angrier, <laughs> more uh, sure than ever that everyone else is dumb but us. Uh, no, it's, uh, it is it is true that there is a certain amount of just uh, hubris uh, or just insulation armor that people have from, from uh, viewpoints that are different. I'm sure some of that's fear-based and some of it's anger-based and probably the anger is based on fear. Um, as someone who can speak safely from the, the tribe of, I, you know, lived through the fifties and I was, uh, I'm, I'm now a, a white evangelical, uh, who's, who's 70 years old. Yeah. Um, you've, you've seen kind of this growth from, uh, it's, this is people that are kind of, a well, I don't know, you say it, uh, what, what do you think has happened and, and what do you think is appropriate line in the sand here I stand I'll go no farther versus you know this is just polarization that's completely unhelpful well it's first of all this is a reoccurring problem from the beginning of time you know because um the original um creation story has this serpent <laughs> that creates suspicion hmm. um toward a god who was all good and meant all good um but yet suspicion is sown and so the problem that most of us start with is that after some disappointment in life, we develop what I co- what what's called a hermeneutic. Hermeneutic means interpretation of suspicion. Mm. So we're we're always kind of suspicious of the other person, um, and uh, throughout the history of the faith, uh, we do we have a ter- we have pretty terrible history. Um, I mean, even from from giant religious leaders like Martin Luther. Um, Hated Jewish, hated, hated the Jewish people. Mm. And he hated, he not only hated the Jewish people, he hated John Calvin. You mm. know, he, so he hated other Protestants. Um, and so there's this combativeness that all of us have. Um, and even when we come out of a relatively peaceful time, I mean, the, the 50s, it was after World War II, um, nice neighborhoods, everybody had a good factory job. Um, you know, ever you know, we had our problems, but but basically, we we lived in relatively peace, relative peace, and there was a church on every corner, mm-hmm. and the church at least tolerated each other. Mm-hmm. But as we went into the the sixties, that got very riotous, literally, um, and protests. Um, the church took on that culture of being against uh, each other, um, and and then we went into um, the, the, the whole, you know, 
I, I view you with suspicion again. Um, I think what you think is not what I think, and so therefore you're a threat to me. Um, and that's what happened not only among churches, uh, but that's what especially happened with people who were in church and people who were outside of church. Yeah. And, and, and those who were outside of church or didn't have a toe-the-line, um, you know, Western, conservative, um, evangelical understanding of scriptures, they were undermining the faith. Yeah. And they weren't real Christians. And to this day, you know, there are people who, if you're a Democrat, you can't be a, 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 a Christian. Yeah. Now, never mind that Billy Graham was a Democrat. Yeah. Not many people know that, by the way. <laughs> and so if you're trying to tell me Billy Graham wasn't a Christian, yeah. we, we, can't, <laughs> we, we can't really have, discuss that. I actually here. knew one guy uh, one time who was uh, so holy uh, that he, he uh, spent some time heatedly trying to tell me why Billy Graham was not, in fact, a oh Christian. My gosh. Oh, um, my goodness. And, uh, and so I, I think that, yeah, you, you just look over the history of the church uh, and, and, you know, more generally look over the history of people in power. Uh, and, and there is a, a tendency towards autocracy. And, and uh, it's, it's not a far cry from, you know, bringing Galileo in front of you and saying you need to, you need to recant on what you saw through your telescope. Yeah. Uh, versus what people say today with a lot of different scientific, you know, uh, discoveries. You know, some people uh, really, really uh, take it personally uh, if if people present ev evidence for evolution, no matter how well founded that evidence is. And that's where the that's where the divide li lies on the other side. You know, as the generation who uh, was raised by your generation, mm -hmm. uh, everything's you know everything's reactionary to you know I, the the typical person that's in my generation. Uh, and not going to church every week is somebody who sees Christians as they these poor these poor these poor guys. They were probably meant well at one point, but sometime in the '80s they were successfully gathered into this right wing that combines uh, somehow oddly Christianity, uh, government size reduction, and uh, military prowess. Uh, like and and like with those three those three tent pegs held up this whole right wing side, and so now. If you if you say do we could we do anything to decrease the size of the military that's somehow related to your Christianity or your Americanness yeah. and so it, it it becomes this thing where you view anyone who identifies as I'm a Christian immediately the hermeneutic of suspicion it's yep. well this person must be insane uh, and and must not read books that aren't you know just the Bible and the commentaries on their Bible but that's where our my generation falls short because um, one of the great things about this show has been being able to interview people. Uh, where you can't possibly, after having conversations with these people, um, uh, and, and in my case, growing up, having uh, my life a time of talking to you, and doubt their heart and, and yeah. what they want to do uh, and, and how much people really are reaching out rather than just building higher and higher walls. Yeah. You know, it's always that, 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 uh, that voice that shouts the loudest. Um, because ultimately, we really are deep down at our best, and some people are at their best more often than others, you know, you can hear a lot of shouting on traffic, but it's it's a it's a crazy liberal Democrat letting a crazy hard wing uh, Republican into traffic. They don't know each other, but th that's what they're doing. Uh, and and so, I mean, I think that's part of the idea you had behind Simple Help. Uh, it's yeah. it's this um, Simple Dot Help is is you sign up, you get an email, and uh, once a week you get an email, and it tells you Monday through Friday here's the Simple Help for that day, and it's things that are simple, like let someone in traffic. It's it's and the whole philosophy is you can't fix the world. But you can make the world better hmm. by becoming a better person and by treating someone else better.
And I think that cuts to the heart of what unites everybody most of all, no matter how angry people are, everybody would really like the world to be a better place. Yeah. And the easiest way to do that is what's next right in front of you. And, uh, and that's just doing the next right thing, the next nice thing, uh, and helping people. So that's it for tonight's Bright Side. We will see you next time on this show. Yeah.